of September. Last week we debuted the Beat the Outsiders. If you missed it, you definitely, definitely want to go take a chance. Go take a chance, actually a risk, and go listen to it. It's a, it's pretty crazy and really fun. Outside the NFL is Beat the Outsiders, comprised completely of skateboarders. But uh, it's on iTunes now, so on the Desiree Show. In studio tonight, though, I'm super blessed. I have an amazing human, an annihilator on his skateboard. He's an organic chef and an inspiring human, and so much more. Neen Williams, and coming in via the phone lines, uh, a little past the bottom of the hour, we're going to go to NorCal. Welcome back, Michael Gelkin, who uh, was a former Charger beat writer for the UT and currently covering the 1-0 Oakland Raiders. So, uh, And uh, I just want to say also as well as prayers out to everyone affected by... Uh, Hurricane Irma, from Cuba all the way up, just lots of prayers, and uh, anyone dealing with any aftermath of Irma. Uh, continued recovery wishes as well to everyone for Harvey in Texas and Oregon and, and Montana are still dealing with some gnarly fires, and Mexico with the earthquake. So a lot going on in the world right now. Just uh, My heart is kind of size, but... Um, just just good wishes and prayers for everybody. It is the first week in the 2017 NFL season just is in the books. And as I mentioned, if you missed last week's debut of Beat the Outsiders, it's on iTunes on the Desiree Show. I will say that everyone beat or at worst tied Phil Sims and Boomer Esiason. Uh, and congratulations to Kenny Hughes, who is the leader of the pack, and Steve Olson and Vinnie Pawnee who also beat Ray Lewis's picks, which wow. is uh, pretty pretty commendable. So stay tuned for more mayhem as well. We'll have those guys back in studio. We're going to try to do this like once a month, uh, check in with maximum of five guys. Last week was a little nuts. Uh, but now, without further ado, I'm really, really excited to welcome professional skateboarder and inspirational man, organic chef, the the inventor of not a damn thing, um, <laughs> an artist, and so much more. You've seen him all over uh, as well on Instagram stories, uh, on King of the Road, on more Vice stuff recently, also on the Nines Club. Uh, and if you're smart enough, you're following him on Instagram, <laughs> Mr. Neen Williams. Awesome. Me? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for making the time to come in. I really Thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Yeah. Now I have to say, I was really, I've obviously you're skateboarding. Is I mean I've I've watched you your skating career uh, mm-hmm. from afar, and and then I was really pulled in though by your your Instagram stories and how you are able to share really this organic message. Um, yeah, just I, I, I like to just share um, kind of the knowledge and the stuff I've learned. You know, just kind of put it out there. Like I it all kind of started to show like what kind of food I'm making for the night. And I just kind of wanted to give people ideas, like kind of dinner ideas, like here's some dinner ideas and you can do whatever you want with that. And it just grew from there. Now it's good. Now I have to ask, is your, is your girlfriend filming or who is filming for you? I'm or, filming. Or you are, I'm yeah, impressed. Yeah, I'm you like this with <laughs> Just holding it above uh-huh. my hand. I have to do a lot of this stuff um, before I film, but a lot of it is filmed by me. Nice, bravo, bravo! Um, you know, and I and I do want to let you know that I mean, I I I don't I I think you know the impact you're, you've made on on 
an enormous amount of people. Um, but I want to say that after I posted it, um, people were just like posting like on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook of, oh my God, he's amazing. I follow, I, I watched his video, um, his exercise video, or I, or I, I follow his, his recipes for his um, smoothies in the morning. I mean, I was just like a lot of different people. Sick. That's yeah. awesome. No, I mean, uh, and you know, obviously. Um, that definitely now, hypes me up. Yeah, no, you've, you've hyped up a lot of people. Um, now you've, I've impacted so many people, whether you're cooking or your workouts, not drinking, and obviously you're skating. Did you foresee you would be so impactful in other people's lives? No, I never um, thought that I'd be so impactful. I, I kind of just made little changes and stuff. And when uh, Vice asked me to do that interview, I just told told it how it was you know I told them my story and where I came from and how I got to where I am today you know and when that was let out I started to get messages from people that it like really touched and it was crazy because I never thought it would do something like that and because it was just my normal story and I was really trying to better myself from where I was you know but it really touched a lot of people. And now it's like, whoa, that's sick, you know? <laughs> it makes me hyped, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, and you, you have, like, I think on so many facets, like, um, and what's so special for me is, is how what you share is truly from your heart and organic. Yeah, it's all just stuff I've learned and stuff that I wish I knew when I was younger and I'm just kind of putting it out there so it's kind of a an outpost for people to see and you know learn too you know because a lot of this knowledge isn't very accessible it's kind of like he said she said kind of stuff like you got to meet the right person to learn a lot of this stuff so if you never meet that right person you may not learn that it's good to stretch before you skate and stretch before bed. You know, you may not learn that. So I'm just kind of putting it out there for all, like, my little younger homies and people the same age as me and maybe even people older than me that never learned this stuff. I'm just putting it out there. It's an outpost. It's like a little something to, uh, it's like I'm not aggressively putting this out there. I'm just saying, like, you know, this is what I do, and it works for me, so... <laughs> there it is, you know. Yeah. Well, no, and that's what that's what comes across because it's real, real. It's yeah, not. It it's, isn't a promotion. It isn't. No. It, nothing that I see is a promotion. It's always. It's merely. Um, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? this and is, it's all and what rubbing I'm doing. it in. Like I'm at the gym and it's five in the morning. I'm like, really? No. <laughs> that sucks. Really? You're up and you're at the gym already. No I'm kidding. Not, like, <laughs> it's not meant to be rubbed in. No, no, know? I'm joking. <laughs> it's not rubbed in. It just, just makes us all look at each other a little bit more. It's just like, man, go to sleep. It's five in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, it's rad. It's really, really cool. Awesome. And Thank you. So now I'm going to, um, I got a couple quotes from different people today, so I'll inter integrate those into this. Um, okay. First one, <clears throat> Neen Williams might be the ultimate modern day renaissance man, a charming top tier athlete who personifies healthy living and good looks and cooking skills to boot. Neen is well-traveled <laughs> bloke 
<clears throat> I just probably gave it away, uh, who exudes positivity and has some of the crispiest tricks in the game, Oliver Barton. Oh, sick. Hell yeah. Oliver's awesome. I love that guy. You know, but that do you realize, then the reason why I share this is do you realize, you know, you impact all these strangers, but you impact us, the skateboarding community, even more so, I think. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, Oliver is... He's an awesome guy. I haven't seen him in a while, but I love that guy. He's sick. Yeah, he's definitely a talented That's a really nice, kind words. Thank you, Oliver. <laughs> right on. Now, and then we're gonna gonna slide. I mean, we're gonna jump around. I think a lot. Um, Eugene obviously is your is your true name. Yeah, it is. Eugene has been your nickname uh, from your sister. Yeah. So pretty much since I was an infant, you know, probably like two years old. And it just stuck. It just stuck. My mom, my family, they called me Neen since I was two. And literally, that's all they call me. The only time I'd hear Eugene was in school or, like, the bank, something like that. <laughs> you like who, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, was kind of like the name on paper, if, you know, if you could say anything. It's my name on paper is Eugene, but. In real life, it's Neen. Now, what about Nino? Nino's just a name. One of my friends called me that. Um, we couldn't get Neen Williams on Instagram. Some person had it, so we just put Nino Williams, and that's why that's that. Okay. okay. And now, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> no, and then do you have um, the, your sister, because she couldn't pronounce your name, do you mm -hmm. have a nickname for your sister? Um, well, her name is Stephanie. We just call her Steph. Okay. My other little sisters have nicknames as Pope and there's Kook. <laughs> like, we all have nicknames, you know, and what's crazy is we go by those nicknames, like, all the time. That's all we know, you know. Yeah. Our real names are only on paper. Yeah. No, that's the same with my sisters. We have all, all crazy little funky little nicknames. What's your nickname? Deka. Deka. Nice. Little D and Patricia is Par because mm -hmm. that's you know, and then Val is just Valera. It's like a family. Thing, yeah, it's a know? family thing. It's really cool. I yeah. mean, it's you know, and then you're like, oh wait, wait, not Par Patricia. Like that's your real name, you know. But um, <laughs> no, that's cool. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Neem Williams. You can follow him on Instagram at Neem William Nino Williams. Yeah, Nino. Uh, and Williams. you definitely must. Um, now, first board Uprise Skate Shop. But what was your uh, first board sponsor? I should say was Uprise Skate Skate Shop. Uprise Skate Shop is a skate shop, you yeah. know. My first board sponsor, um, well, I was flow by sh Shorties, and Muska. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chad Muska. He came to Chicago, and I showed him around, and he ended up, like, I did a couple tricks with him when I was out there, and he ended up being hyped on my skating, and he gave me the number to the uh, team manager at the time. So the team manager would flow me boards through for, from Muska or through Muska. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've, I've known Muska forever. I don't recall how old I was. I could have been like 18, 17 or something, but it's been a long time. Now, um, did you one-up him when you took him around? No. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm just teasing. <laughs> it's the Muska we're talking about. I, I know. <laughs> There's no way. Hence why maybe a lot of kids would want to. Well, that was the thing. You I was earned always respect, though. Yeah, That's I was cool. very respectful. You know, it's like you—you you never did stuff like that to someone that's 
up there, you know? It's like, I, I, I never was, I never grew up to be like that. Like, my mom taught me better. You don't want up someone that's above you. <laughs> like, you, you know, you respect them. You treat them with respect, you know? No, which are all traits that a lot of people don't get. Yeah. And uh, it's really refreshing. It's awesome. And again, family. Family, you know, you know, come from a good family and just things you need to learn, you know. <laughs> oh, totally. Now, here's another one um, who might, I mean, not a muska, but he's pretty much up there as well. Um, Neen is one of the most inspiring and determined people I've ever met. He's been awesome watching the positive transformation in everything he's accomplished. Eric Ellington. Oh, wow. Yes, Eric. The boss man himself. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Now, and you, and then we're, we'll go into your art. I mean, there's so many facets to you. I'm like, okay. And I mean, first of all, I mean, being, having, getting to go to the Chicago or the, the Institute of Art in Chicago is huge. That is a gnarly art school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a contest when I was young. It, it was like, first second grade like I was so young and they had some contests and we all did art for it and I ended up winning it and I got like some kind of scholarship to where I was able to go to the classes the summer classes mm -hmm. so I just kind of went to the summer classes every summer till about probably till I started skating but I wouldn't do like drawing um, classes I would do more like the sculpture and stuff. I kind of like to create stuff as opposed to sketching. I would sketch and doodle all the time, but sculpture was like my favorite. What would you sculpt? Faces, heads, crazy stuff out of metal. <laughs> I, I can't really remember completely fully, you know, but mm -hmm. I know I used to do faces, a lot of faces. They taught us pottery, too. All, all, all the stuff they teach you in, like, art school, you know? Um, a lot of the times, the teacher just kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do. So I didn't really learn too much. <laughs> he just let my mind go free, you know? That's but it, those are good times. Yeah. Well, and then I will follow up with this, is if, if you hadn't continued with skateboarding or if you weren't a professional skateboarder, what would you have been? What would you have been or what would you have done? I mean, who knows, really? You know, this was the path that I chose. Um, I don't really think too much about what I would have been, you know, just kind of keep flowing with what I have and try to do the best that I can. And that's why you're so successful. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the lesson, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Focus on what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I mean, because you are so talented, you know, and creativity and like creativity, like for me as well, I paint, I illustrate, I bake, I cook, I, you know, it kind of comes out skateboarding, it comes out in every facet, I think of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems that it's really just exploded for you, even more so lately. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably has to do with like social media, to tell you the truth, because that's kind of an outpost that no one really had uh, hands on, like, with us growing up and stuff. Nowadays, it's so big and so many people do it that it's almost like number one in every day-to-day in -day life, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone's always on their social media. So I think that kind of helped 
like expand kind of like the person I am other than skating, you know, like this is what else, this is the other stuff I do. And this is the other stuff I like. And I got to share with the world basically. No, thank you for doing that. <laughs> no, it's right. You know, it's just yeah. rad. You know, and I think that's one of the great things like uh, social media can do. Yeah. It's, it's a really good thing. You know, it, it could be used in bad ways and it could be used in good ways. And I, I'm a positive person, so I rather spread positivity, you know. And you do. <laughs> Thanks. You, you do. Um, Chicago roots or outside Chicago. Um, Marisa Toma, Marisa Del Santos. I I got a text from her as well today. Oh, awesome. Um, so when I first met Nene, he hadn't even been skating a year. He couldn't kickflip at all. Yeah. But could already heel flip stairs. <laughs> His positivity and incredibly fast progression was inspirational. Awesome. Now, then you speak, you know, you come from Chicago. Chicago, now you're in Los Angeles. Can you speak on the differences? I mean, Chicago's a phenomenal skate town as well. There's so much sick marble up in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago has a, a big skate scene, and it's always had a big skate scene. The only thing is a lot of the uh, skate industry is based out in L.A. So when it comes to Chicago a lot of the stuff isn't um, as accessible, like videos, magazines, all that stuff. You know, skateboarding isn't as big as it is in L.A. L.A., it's like 10 times because there's more people that skate, I guess, you know, because the industry is out here. So growing up in Chicago, it was like a little bit slower pace. Plus, it's like, what is this? I was like 16, you know, <laughs> like... This is back in the day, you know what I mean? So nowadays people growing up, they learn tricks a lot faster. Back then it was like a lot slower paced and we kind of had to learn for ourselves with each other, you know? It was like, oh, I kick flipped a four stair. Like, all right, now let's kick flip a five stair. And we would do things like that. It was definitely slow progression. Whether, but then like out here it was like, oh, so-and-so switch flipped a 10 stair. So kids nowadays are like oh well I gotta switch flip an 11 you know and it, it just goes like that you know just kind of like back in the day to nowadays are you grateful that that's where your start came from though oh I'm very grateful um I feel like the city that you um came up in and grew up in is what defines you as a as a person you know you kind of Chicago's a little rough you know and um it definitely uh, taught me a lot of things in life. I didn't move out of Chicago till I was 22 anyways. I've only been here for like nine years, I'd say, maybe a little less, uh, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, Chicago is an amazing city, and it was really nice to grow up there and get to the point where I was like, um, I'm kind of over the weather in a way. I want to skate every day. I don't want to sit indoors and skate indoor skate parks for half the year when it's snowing outside and it's negative degrees. I want to be where it's sunny and 70 degrees and higher year round. So that's why I made the move. But yeah, Chicago is, that's my home, you know? Right. Okay. <laughs> now, and I know you're not a, a big sports fan, but. Chicago had a huge, huge, like, monumental win last year for the World Series with the Cubs. Oh, the Cubs, yeah. I mean, you know, Chase was there Gaber. any... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 
the yeah the the curse was gone yeah yeah um, did you were you able to kind of in, did you watch that series at all or did or just more just kind of happy for the city when you found out i was happy for the city i didn't really watch it because i don't watch sports i don't really watch tv i have apple tv and netflix that's like what i watch random little shows i'm not really up to date with sports mm-hmm. no that's and that's I, I didn't think so but i mean I, I have to imagine though being born in chicago that you would have some form of a uh, definitely happy you know, for like that was, that was <laughs> i was stoked and i'm not from chicago yeah um because it's like if once you've lost for so many years and then finally you like break the ice that's all that's an amazing feeling it's like trying a trick for like months and not landing it and then finally one day you land that trick it's crazy you know <laughs> like the feeling is it's intense yeah no now onto that and and we'll switch we'll switch gears again is on to that is a trick you know i remember i would have before i could uh, pop shove it mm-hmm. i would have dreams that i was catching like four foot pop shove it damn <laughs> and my friends that i was skating with saw me Okay. You know, I mean, cause, you know, because you could land it and nobody would see you at oh, that yeah, time. Yeah. So you had so, proof. So I had proof. And, th- <laughs> and that's what my dreams would be about uh-huh. before I could do it. And then I could do it. But um, what do you, do you have any, did you have any sort of dreams on a certain trick or just, a, you know, gnarly? I mean, obviously heel flips you're known for. I mean, that's yeah. your, and then switch heel flip was the first thing you, you did. Yeah. On mistake. <laughs> <laughs> before I knew how to ride. Um, if I had any dreams of tricks before I land, I don't really dream much, I don't think. I feel like most of the time I'm watching a documentary at night and mm-hmm. I pass out, close my eyes, and I open my eyes and it's still dark outside, but it's time to wake up to mm-hmm. get ready to go on with my day, you know? So I barely ever dream. Okay. That. Do you visualize? Well, visualize, of course. I mean, I'm Brian Anderson. Mm-hmm. I always think of Brian Anderson, you know, visualizing these Yeah, handles. you always, these these tricks, You, they're like, it's a mental case. You'll sit around all day thinking of these tricks, wanting to get these tricks. And then you go and try them, and it's like frustration through the roof, especially if they're hard, you know. You'll sit there forever. So you definitely sit there and you visualize and you almost lose your mind thinking about, these tricks that you want to land on your skateboard and it's pretty intense thing but that's the whole motions of it and that's what I love about skateboarding it's the whole build-up factor it's like you want to do this so bad you've been trying and trying you haven't gotten it but you got close but you keep trying and then you finally get it and it's the most amazing feeling in the world like Nothing really compares to it because it's very mental and then it's also very physical. And very rewarding. I mean, you know, (laughs) self-rewarding, you know, like just that you, okay, I I, I did it. I did it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Now, now, gap, ledge, or a handrail? Um, I like them all. I mean, you're good. I was say you're good at all of them. (laughs) The thing is, yeah, at this point, well, I'm not the, I'm not that good at them but i love i enjoy skating all terrain nowadays that i'm um i've aged and i've gotten to skate everything and i've gotten to like practice at everything i enjoy skating every type of thing back in the day when i was a kid it was more just like jump 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 down everything you know that's all i wanted to do but now it's like there's a 
certain different kind of um, rewarding feeling with each obstacle. Like a ledge is a crazy frustration level, but once you get that ledge trick, you're super happy, like crazy happy. And I, I like it because when you put together a part nowadays, it's more of a overall part. Like there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, some ledges, some jumping, some rails, instead of just all one thing, you know? So it kind of shows versatility. And I kind of like that with a part. I'd rather see that than just see one thing. No, and that's and that's like even for yeah right. I mean, there was some P Rod had some. I mean, had a gnarly bangers. I mean, that whole video was phenomenal. Probably yeah, still P-Rod's one of my favorites. The best. But but Eric Costin's mm-hmm. part is the one that like um, the passion that and the an love awesome he part. had for skating yep. was so visible, mm-hmm. and it was all kinds of silly stuff and that only Eric would do and yeah. and phenomenal tricks. But mm-hmm. I mean, I I think it's it's a rad trend that's gone that way. Yeah, you know, just a little versatility. Yeah. Just everything. Show a little bit of everything, you know? And that's the fun. That's all the fun of skating, you know? If you're just tuning in, this is Dash Radio. This is Desiree Show, and I'm joined by Neen Williams. Um, talking a little bit. Now, Neen, uh, gosh, both ACLs, both MCLs, scaphoid. Mm-hmm. A Timex, a Timex with uh, both of them. Timex, you're kind of abside, abside, abstrictrix. So okay, yeah, say that. Much. Both sides of everything. <laughs> can do both. Uh-huh. Um, w- this all also led to a, a huge sign of like change for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, did, the final actually. one did. The final one did. The first ones, I was still partying. I was young, you know. So the final ACL tear, that's when. Um, I've already gained so much knowledge at this point. So I already knew that if you quit drinking while you rest up and heal from surgery, that you're going to heal faster and basically better because you're not going to be standing in a bar or trying to dance on a dance floor with a busted ACL, you know? So I got ACL (laughs) surgery, reconstruction, (laughs) reconstructed, and uh, I just put down the booze. My girlfriend, she put down the booze with me, too. So that kind of helped. You know, both of us put it down. And my plan was just to go for six to nine months until I could start riding again. Mm -hmm. But after the six to nine months with no drinking and knowing all that I knew, I kind of killed the habit. And drinking wasn't a part of my schedule anymore. So I just never went back to drinking. Basically... That led to, I'm almost three years now, no drinking. I also smoked cigarettes, too, at the time. um, I quit smoking cigarettes, too. Like, I put it all down, and I'm going on three years of no substances, you know? Bravo. And (laughs) thank you. But, yeah, basically, that the end result of that was to skate forever. Like, I'd stop drinking so I could heal better and focus better. And as the time went on, I started going to the gym for my physical therapy and all that stuff. So I got into going to the gym and keeping my body in shape along with stretching and all of that. And then this all just kind of turned into one big like thing with a bunch of little things that is for skating to skate longer and to be like physically able to do so. 
now any chef, I mean, um, any chefs that kind of like, or, or were there people that kind of popped? Obviously, I would imagine your physical therapist maybe suggested um, eating a certain way. Stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, it, what kind of got you kind of, is that how you kind of also, I mean, these people well, kind of fell in your la- in your life. With the, with, um, the food choices and stuff, that was just all a slow-moving kind of um, situation there. One of my friends, Spenny, he he would teach me a lot of stuff about eating, like, plant-based and stuff. So I learned through him a lot of stuff. And from that, my other friend, and, like, like it was just friends like all my friends together, like different friends were teaching me different stuff and <coughs> documentaries were teaching me another thing and all this knowledge was coming in. And now that I, I have like a straight mind, you know, like I'm not dizzy in the air or whatever, um, I was able to take this stuff in and then kind of on the path that I'm on, I just kind of made changes to... um you know, better my health. And I'm not there. I'm not all the way there yet. I'm still working. But, you know, like the changes are being made daily, you know? Yeah. Well, no, and it is. There's an, if I haven't seen one of your stories in a week, I've noticed a new something you're integrating into mm-hmm. your daily routine. Now, you know, and I mean, in addition to, I mean, early worm gets, early bird gets the worm. It's the worm. <laughs> You know, and, and uh-huh. definitely I think that's true for you. I mean, with all the, you know, you're up early. You've kind of changed. You've kind of, and I don't know how it was beforehand. Oh, um, beforehand it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> really rough. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, but, you, you know, you go into the gym, you're stretching. Yeah. You're you're cooking you're, you're, or preparing or or not or eating out. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time you're preparing at home. Most of the time I like to prepare <coughs> my food at home for sure. Cause then I know what goes into it and I could really, um, focus on trying to keep it plant-based if I'm eating plant-based for the day or, you know, if I'm going to eat, let's say some meat, I make sure it's going to be proper grass fed, organic, whatever, as, as good of quality as I can. But that like, even that it's like, I'm getting to the point where it's like one day a week, two days a week. Like it's kind of, you know, I'm. I'm working on all this stuff to kind of get to where I want to be. And I don't even know where I want to be. I just, I'm just going to keep going. And see I know what I want to be over at your house for dinner almost every night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. I'll bring dessert. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and also, I mean, and I think what's so rad is, you know, I was going to bring up King of the Road. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just an honor to be on that um, oh, period. Yeah, and sure. now it's like filmed. It's kind of crazy. It's all filmed. We'd wait. We'd wait in the past to see the the premiere, mm-hmm. you know, if you weren't on it, if you weren't privy to being on it. Um, but even when you were cooking in, in Arizona, I think it was in Arizona, and I forget whose yeah. home it was, um, it was you just lit weird. up, you know, like it was kind of cool. Like you could Oh, it's s- so fun. It, that's what I do all the time. Like they, they told us we got like a text message and it was it said to get to Dan Lou's house that we need to feed the whole family and we got to spend the night there. Someone has to cry with him over the bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to play music with his dad and the family and we had to cook him dinner. So I, you know, Jay Thorpe, the TM, he looked right at me. He's like, what's up, Neen? What are we going to cook? <laughs> and I was just like, all right, let's do this. So we went to the store 
devised like a little menu for them. We just figured we'd do like ribeyes and uh, like baked potato and some uh, snow crab legs. So it was really. It looked banger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really casual. Uh, really casual. And then everyone, everyone was up for it, you know. So when we got there, it was just kind of like, like a chef line, you know. We you just set it all up. We had the preppers, boom, 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 boom. Get this done, get that done, make everything finish perfectly on time. And I, I've had a lot of practice with that because cooking at home, I cook for my girlfriend all the time. I cook for myself all the time. So, yeah, it's like. I had a lot of practice with it, so it was fun, and it really hyped me up that we had that challenge. I was like, yes, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, scripted for you. I mean, I was, like, yeah. perfectly scripted. Like, oh, no, we got to have – Jay Thorpe is amazing. I love Jay. Yeah, Jay is um, awesome. So, And I couldn't reach him. I was trying to reach him for a quote, but I did speak to Mike Burnett. Okay, awesome. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure to watch Neen Williams grow from the Chicago killer to one of the leaders of the upstate, upstarters – Upstarts, pardon me, to truly becoming the master of his own destiny that he is today. Sick. Mike is awesome. I've known him for a long time. Thrasher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, Mike. Mike is Mike is Mike is Mike is special. Yeah. Mike is special. Thrasher, your first uh first photo in a magazine was Thrasher. You shot it in yeah. Oceanside. Um I have to ask. It was the first time I got an ad photo in the magazine. It was a trans world ad. It was for Buster Halterman. He was doing a sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. And I went to the 7-Eleven after I got a copy from trans world to make sure that it wasn't just my copy. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> what was it like for you to get that photo? Whew, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, I think they might they may have called me ahead of time like the photographer deville mm-hmm. i think he may have called me beforehand and told me so i was super hyped um i was really young at the time i was really i'm sure i was extremely ecstatic you know like mm-hmm. so excited um but that was that was amazing it was a definitely a, a huge milestone in my life it was like boom like you're in the mag all this hard work you're doing it's starting to unravel keep going you know like it wasn't like oh i'm in the mag cool let's party it was like now it's time to attack keep going stay focused focused, like get on it you know so it definitely lit a fire under me and kind of made me happy but it lit a fire under me and it was sick that it was in thrasher too so i was super hyped you know no, super sick, super <laughs> sick. I mean, first first photo period in a magazine, but then to be Thrasher. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this was also sort of um, a, a, out of necessity. I think DeVille challenged you, gave offered to give you five Powell boards. Um, yeah, fa- five, uh, <laughs> five blanks. Five blanks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome. So like mini logos, not even just mini logos? Yeah, yeah okay, just the yeah. blanks. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I was so hyped. Thank you, DeVille. <laughs> he killed it. That's rad. Okay, and now we are running out of time, but uh, c- cooking with Neem is, is there a cookbook in the works here? But we do have a YouTube channel. So what, uh, I think there was some tiki masala or something on there? That Chana you- masala. Chana masala, okay. Yeah, it's a chickpea. Ah. So it's a plant-based one, you know. It's really awesome, delicious tasting Indian food. Um, chickpeas have a lot of protein in them, so you could eat this instead of eating chicken or whatever. It, it's just 
little alternatives I like to throw out there from time to time. I'm not vegan or vegetarian. I just like to throw them out there. Like, like different options. Yeah. yeah you know, and it, I say everything with uh, moderation is best, you know, eat whatever you want, but do it in moderation and you're good. Hopefully. <laughs> well, no, you got to bottle that though, because like you've seemed to like, I mean, it's a constant struggle for me to be balanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got, you know, I'm an artist. I'm over here. I do this work over here. I'm doing this. I'm on the field. I'm skateboarding. I'm mm-hmm. painting. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm trying to be a good wife. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm trying to balance it all a sister. I mean, and you seem to somehow have that. And then also this, this like focused drive as well. Like I, you really should bottle it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I, I have, like I started the YouTube channel. It's Neen Williams. I named some of my um, cooking like segments, Nino's Essentials. Uh-huh. And I basically have been doing little recipes. I have like probably 12 videos so far. Just kind of started off just off out of the ground or off the ground, just from my little YouTube stories, people and fans and kids, they asked me like, hey, where can I find this recipe? Like, I really want to make this recipe. So I made a YouTube channel so they could go to it. And now they have all those videos are there for forever, unless I take them down. So basically, I'm just showing, I'm making recipes, all types of recipes from all types of food that I really like. And if anyone has any suggestion, all they have to do is send me a message, you know, and let me know and I'll, I'll figure out a recipe for them, you know? Oh, so a <laughs> recipe on demand. You know? <laughs> a recipe on demand, you know? Well, because it, it's fun, you know? I, I like messing with all types of food, you know? And the ch- the chana masala is one of my favorite ones now that is a fully plant-based meal. And, yeah, it's it's been fun, you know? And I'm going to keep it going and... Hopefully I could get it to grow. Yeah, no, and I, I think, I mean, I think it already is. <laughs> Thank right? you. No, I mean, because yeah, I think a lot, you know, little. like, I think just for your stories, I would always be, like, fascinated, and mm-hmm. I, I can't be, I'm not alone. You know, and then your personal is to reply, you know, and obviously you've done that with all all of your fans, is yeah, replied, I, I'm not I'm not special, you know, that it was, but you make, um, but your sincerity mm-hmm. um, is rad. Yeah, it's I, true. I try definitely to reply to all the messages it's it's really hard though because you know life is pretty busy so you know on my instagram well you have like a quarter of a million people following you yeah that's a lot i mean i would imagine that i mean i yeah what is that what's that like (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty casual (laughs) right on um okay and so that the youtube channel is and that comes out on mondays or mondays Mondays? I i drop a new video every monday Okay. Um, normally in the morning before I go to the gym. So oh, it should be so about uh, four in the morning. It's going up <laughs> about four in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, normally I have one ready. It, it's going to be every Monday. There'll be a new video. Um, I'm going to try to splice off into, um, different stuff like maybe workouts you can do at home workouts you can do on the road, maybe stuff you could buy at the store when you're on a tour, mm-hmm. like, like non-perishable stuff you could buy and have in the van with you that you can eat for energy that will fill you up and still give you protein. Like little little things that I've learned over the years that I would love to share with people, you know? And if people are looking for that, then there it will be, you know? So every Monday, there'll be a new video of some sort. Right now, I just have cooking stuff up there. But Bad. No, it's, it's going to start to evolve 
as soon as I have time. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming. No, that's sick. That's super sick. Now um, we've got Michael Gelkin coming up, um, Matt. He'll be calling in in a few moments, so we're just going to awesome. give him a heads up. Um, but I, I do want to um, also shout outs. I mean, you know, we didn't even get to. There's so many things. I was, I have like hundreds of notes on you. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, what can we talk about? There's going to be. There's so many. We didn't even really get to dabble in your artwork, um, but Death Wish. Um, Death Wish, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, or who? Any shout outs you'd like to give? Oh, all my sponsors, fans, supporters, friends. Death Wish, obviously, Circus Shoes. We got the new shoe out there, so check that out. Altamont, Satori, Thunder. Um, keeps going. Shake Joint, Shane Heil, of course, you know, The Boss, Drew, Ellington, Greco. Little Sparks Cookies, my girlfriend. I was going to ask about it because you guys <laughs> got a battle for some t- cooking, uh, for some kitchen time, huh? Or maybe like a new kitchen uh, or a kitchen remodel is in the works here? Yeah, or? maybe a double <laughs> kitchen would be nice, you know. <laughs> no, it's cool. We, we do well. But, yeah, just everyone and anyone that's ever helped me, the supporters and people that back me, you know, um, other positive vibe people that are out there, you know, all of that. Stance socks, you know. Definitely always got my back. Well, and Satori, you mentioned, and Satori has been one of your, that was your first video part. Was that was Satori. my first video part. Um, one of them, yeah, for sure. They, Satori and Thunder may have been like my first like actual sponsors. They were the sponsors that weren't scared to sponsor someone fully that was on like um, a smaller com- board company, you know? So definitely those guys rock, you know? No, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't understand when I got my sponsors. Like, I my shop sponsors were always so rad for snowboarding, mm-hmm. uh, not for skateboarding. I mean, I always got flow with skateboarding, gratefully, you know, not because I was any good, but because I skated. And um, always super grateful. But when I was snowboarding, I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. Like, I was just grateful to get product, grateful to be flown places, yeah, grateful to, that's like, amazing. you know, like, going into shop, get whatever you need. Shop sponsors were cool because you could grab what you didn't have as a yeah, spot, you know, like, oh, exactly. cool, I don't have an eyeglass, or I don't have a goggle sponsor, I can grab some of these or whatever it might be. Um, but just that love, it's really rad, though, for to see people embrace it. Yeah, you for know? sure. It's uh, it's an amazing thing. It's, it's a crazy craft, and it's sick how it all comes together, you know. Or one big family. Yeah, and skateboarding is. Skateboarding yeah. is very uh, special. It's changed. And you mm-hmm. brought up that earlier, uh, just how it's changed before you could tell who skated by their shoes. Mm-hmm. You still can at some point, sometimes um, now, but not like you could before. It's uh, And just even how you how skating in Chicago was different when you came to Los Angeles. Yeah. Just the progress was different. Uh-huh. You know, it's uh, but it's special. It's a it's wonderful special thing. <laughs> yeah. Michael Gelkin is covering the Oakland Raiders uh, for Las Vegas publication. He used to, uh, oh, and Matt gave us the horns. I think that's he's, are you a Raider fan? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, he's a Rams fan and a Raiders fan. Okay. Just tuning in, this is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. I'm really, really thankful to welcome back a man with a new address and a new title a super noted journalist covering a new team, the Oakland Raiders, for the Las Vegas Review Journal, coming via Alameda or, or close to the Raiders facility, Mr. Michael Gelkin. Michael, did you hear you? me? I'm good. 
How are you? No, I was all black. I'm oh. good. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Oh, I you I was I was saying a joke. No, I kidding. <laughs> no, I was introducing you. Oh. Um, I you know I just said you <clears throat> just really thankful to welcome you back. You know, and now you have a new address, a new title. Uh, you're a noted journalist uh, covering a new team. Um, that's really kind of exciting. How how are and you're sick? I heard. Are you just getting better? <laughs> Yeah, I just got sick on Monday. It's Wednesday afternoon here. I'm still warding it off a bit. Hopefully, it'll be fine. 100 percent by game time. Don't worry about me. Yeah. On Sunday, <laughs> uh, no things are things are good. Um, it's been it's been a fun challenge to cover a new team. You know, especially during training camp when there's 90 players on the roster. It's uh, there's a lot to learn, and you want to know the team you're covering, not just the players, the coaches, the front office executives, everyone involved. And we also want them to get to know you, what you're about, and that you're someone they can talk to and they can trust, and all that. So that's not something that takes weeks, not even months. It, it really takes years. So uh, to cover a team, uh, you just kind of kind of chip away at building relationships with people and let everyone know what you're about. Right. What I have to ask is, also, this is all a new team. You are somewhat familiar with the roster over having it being in the AFC West. But isn't it somewhat refreshing or somewhat exciting to write about a new team, a new organization, and one that's kind of in in is in operating in all modes? Yeah, I think that, I think there is. You know, um, I I don't know, I I don't really not to be too robotic, but I kind of just take it as it comes. Like I don't know, you know, what I would have wanted or you know what I didn't really ask for, how it all went happened, but the way it, it did develop, I'm. I'm grateful for it. Or I'm, I am covering a new team. I'm living in Oakland, and my sister, she and I are very close. Uh, now we're close from proximity. She's about a mile away from me. So I get to see her. I get to see her, you know, some boyfriend or friends. And it just, you know, just it feels kind of like a home away from home covering uh, a team not only in the AFC West, but a team here in the Bay Area. And when the team moves to Las Vegas, I will also move to Las Vegas. So it's definitely an interesting journey that I'll will define my early 30s here last, <laughs> last, uh, in July. Um, but I, I'm, I'm embracing it, and I'm, I'm having fun with it. And more, like, more, more so than anything, just focus on the challenge of do, doing a good job. Yeah, well, and you, what you do. And you were going to go down to the history books covering two teams back-to-back that have moved. But did you find a burritos joint in Oakland? No, you know what? And it's it's funny you ask. I've made a point not to have Mexican food. Oh, okay. I don't want to get home. I, I don't want to get homesick. Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was a taco place that I used to love in San Diego called City Tacos on University in North Park. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. And I don't. I just don't want to. I don't know. I, I just I'm in Northern California now, and if I start eating Mexican food, I'll just find myself thinking about how much how much better that aspect is in Southern California. Among other things, you know, most of my family is there. It is home for me. Um, so I'm just, you know, not, not, not dining off of that just yet. Well, okay. And I'm going to say though, you got to go to the mission and go to, uh, there's some great, great, amazing burrito and Mexican places in the city. I know you're in Oakland, but in San Francisco and I will text him if I haven't already to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I do have a list from you. I mean, <laughs> I do need to do that. I'm just not ready to do it. Okay, right, okay, I will. Okay. Okay. Now this week alone, how, I mean, you went out to Tennessee, um, I mean, this is an exciting week for you, I think, covering. You've got front flips. You've got a rookie kicker who breaks NFL records. Carr is back, and he's clicking with Amari Cooper and two other receivers. A big win in Tennessee against a good team. Um, 
how was this first game for you? It definitely had, as you referenced, no shortage of content to write about. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a very, very interesting team, and I say that objectively. Uh, I think any team with Marshawn Lynch, and there's certain headlines that you'll be writing that you wouldn't be writing if you were covering another team. For example, he's got his own reality show coming yeah. out on Facebook. You know, eight ten-minute episodes coming out this fall that are already filmed, and you know, just you, you just that type of stuff. Um, you know, there's there's more national type stories that come about. Um, they have a lot of young talent. You know, look at the wide receivers, Amari Cooper, Derek Carr at quarterback. It's it's you know, defensively, Khalil Mack. Uh, there's 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 just superstars here who make headlines if if they so choose. Um, personalities of these those guys were it's pretty low key. You don't see them doing much that will generate that type of attention. But on Sundays, um, you know, they, you know, they they definitely impress. So um, yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting covering a team that's built this way. Um, I, not to say that the Chargers aren't going to win a lot of games this year. I really think they can, and they almost pulled it off there in Denver on Monday night. But uh, the Raiders certainly are in that conversation as well as a team that should be there be there at the end of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, solid connections with Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, and Jared Cook for 16 receptions for 201 yards of the 262 they had on Sunday. I mean, that's huge. That between three, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> right, yeah. And it can be better, too. You know, you look at the connection with Amari Cooper. He had a really impressive eight-yard touchdown to punctuate the first drive of the game. But he also had a few drops and just wasn't able to click or connect with Derek Carr as much as you'd expect over the course of the season that they will. Um, so, you know, 5 of 13 on Amari Cooper. I think Derek was 20 for 22 on his other uh, intended targets. So, um, over that's probably the one thing that was most encouraging for the Raiders' offense is they accomplished a lot. They got the win. But when I look at the film, there's still a lot that they can do to improve upon that week one start. Yeah, 22 of 32, 69% completion rate for a car. Um, you know, and uh, Marshawn, let's talk quickly about Marshawn. It, I was actually really awed at the level he came back after not after being out of the NFL. Um, I assumed he would be passionate and he would be in the leadership and the veteran leadership would translate on the field in the locker room, but truly awed by his performance um, and his front flip into the pool. <laughs> what, how, I mean, how... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. How what? I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I just don't, I've just never, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, the, he's 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 been something, and <laughs> I've been impressed with not even. I mean, what he did on Sunday was on was alone impressive. Yeah. What you saw from him, you know, running through people, uh, getting hit behind the line of scrimmage on a fourth and short, and still finding a way to bounce off and get the first down. Uh, just the physical downhill nature that he runs that we saw throughout his career. Um, didn't know for sure until he did it whether or not he was going to be at age 31, year off retirement, all that. But he looks fresh. He looks better for it. He looks healthy. So uh, early indications are Marshawn Lynch was one heck of an acquisition for the Raiders in April. But one thing that you have to say in the same breath, if we're talking about the value of Marshawn Lynch, it's what he does for this city, having an Oakland native, somebody who's as Oakland as Oakland gets. And what I mean by that is just somebody who has got a real connection with this town, who does so much from a philanthropic standpoint, uh, with, particularly with youth, with inner-city youth. It's amazing to watch the impact that he has. I mean, on a Saturday afternoon in the spring, he can go on a bike ride with hundreds and hundreds of mostly youth and go from biking in Oakland to Berkeley, then back to Oakland, 
as a, as a ride out. I mean, not a lot of athletes hop on bicycles with kids um, while meeting up at their alma mater high school. Uh, not a lot of athletes have the opportunity, being that the Raiders are in Oakland, his hometown. But uh, I think even then, uh, this is not common, this relationship that Marshawn has with Oakland. So on Sunday, you have the team playing in Oakland in a regular season game for the first time since the move to Las Vegas was announced as impending. And the atmosphere, you expect it to be nothing but warm, in part because Marshawn Lynch is a Raider. And boy, are they going to love to celebrate his first regular season game there. Yeah. No, and he's been. That's he, Even when he was in Seattle, he would come back on a regular basis. I mean, every holiday. Um, did you meet? Have you spoken to Denton Edwards, his former former head coach, his former coach in high school? Is it? Uh, I have spoken to some people from his former high school. Okay. Um, I'm not sure which. It was a while ago when I wrote the story. I definitely spoke to his freshman football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he just talked about you know what Marshawn was like, and there was one episode in which Marshawn. Um, this, this coach of his had uh, a major procedure, had to go to the hospital, came back to work, and Marshawn was with the Seahawks at the time, caught wind of the news, and it must have been on a Monday or Tuesday, but just took off. And I don't know if he missed any team activity, but I think there were some questions about he may have been fined for this. So it must have maybe missed a Wednesday or something, or was late to a meeting or something like that. But he felt like he had to fly from Seattle to Oakland to see his former high school coach uh, because of health issues. And so that's that's who Marshawn is. You know, it's not something that's going to generate ha- headlines. It's not something he's going to talk about standing at a press conference in front of a lectern. But he gives back a lot. Uh, he cares about the people in Oakland. And I don't need sometimes to talk to an athlete to capture who he is. You can just talk to the people who they impact. And Marshawn does not lack for the number of people in Oakland who he's impacted. No, and it's it's true, and it's not it's not publicized. It's it's really it's really special. It's I feel like he's really mis misunderstood, um, but it's rad that you get to see that firsthand. Yeah, and that's what your job is as reporters. You, you just want to let people know how things lie, and yeah. you don't need to provide at least as a reporter. You know, columnists you have to provide your own measure of spin. Uh, well, also, you know, I mean, you don't want to write inaccurately, but you, you can get creative um, as a reporter. Uh, while writing, you can be creative. When it comes to actually what you're talking about, you want to be as objective and reflective as the truth to the truth as you can possibly be. And Marshawn gives you a certain amount of responsibility. Anytime there's a guy who you're covering and everybody you talk to portrays them as one thing, when the general impression of that person is another, you really have an obligation just to you know capture Marshawn as he is. And so hopefully, hope I've done that to some degree. Uh, over the course of my time here already, uh, having joined in April, uh, shortly after he did. But uh, it's always an ongoing ongoing thing, and he's got his TV show on Facebook, so shoot, he doesn't need me. <laughs> no, but they are lucky to have you because you are a great, great journalist. Uh, I know this is gonna, they're gonna, it's going to be better and better as you get to know this team better. And I think there's good things, though, with the, having it new as well. There's a new excitement. There's new... I mean, JDR, for instance, you know, it's like former Trojan. He's changed that locker room. Personally, what makes him different from other coaches you've covered? Just in this Boy, short period of com- time you've known him. Yeah, and I want to compliment him, but I also don't want to do any, any slights to the former head coaches I've covered. I'll just oh, say, and I don't, yeah, no, and I don't mean to, I wasn't trying to make it like that. I just, he's special, and yeah, what's know, happening there is special. Yeah, yeah I think he, what, what he certainly does is instill beliefs in his players and 
it's easier to do that when you have the players to believe in. You know, I don't I don't care. You know, if you're if you're coaching this year's New York Jets, it's, it's pretty hard to do that because oh, you know it, it makes guys believe in themselves because a uh, they're aware of their shortcomings as a, as a team, and b if they weren't, they'd be reminded on it every Sunday when they line up and get punched in the mouth. Um, but I think part of the reason Jack is so effective is he's got the right locker room where he's got leaders, he's got players who are at some positions, you know, some of the best in the league. And also he knows how to push them and how to, you know, get them to believe in them, even though it's, 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 it can be different, difficult sometimes for a young team to believe in itself, for a young quarterback, for a young wide receiver, for you know, what have you. But you think back to week one of last season when the Raiders were in New Orleans and Derek Carr leads a touchdown drive less than a minute left in regulation, team could tie the game with an extra point. Jack Rio chooses, nope, I believe in you guys on offense. Go we got it. this. And they go for two, and they win the game. That type of thing, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was the Raiders' first win of the season, and they did it by a one-point margin. They ended up going 5-0 and that year in games decided by three points or fewer, which only one team in NFL history has done better than that. Um, in terms of playing at least five games that were decided by three or fewer points and going undefeated. And I think maybe this team would have been in those close games and maybe this team would have won many of them. But when you have Jack Rio who sees opportunities to believe in his team and does, and the team comes through in those situations, that can really have an effect on a team in which when it's late in games and the game's on the line and it's a critical moment, they have that belief First of all, they know the coach believes in them, but they have to believe in themselves that we've done this before in these situations. Yeah, it sounds really special there. Now, Michael, we're run, we've run out of time. I'm bummed. I, we don't even get to go over some matchups, but I'm so I'm hoping that we can maybe have you back on throughout the season periodically, maybe every month or month and a half, maybe for a quick. Yeah, check-ins? definitely keep me posted. Always, right. always happy to do it, and I'll just tell you. The matchups are pretty much in the Raiders' favor against the Jets on Sunday. So oh, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't worry about that. No, the only, and I was thinking even one more advantage with Jermaine Kyrus now there uh, with uh, Marshawn's former teammate. You have a little bit even more insight. Uh, but you can follow, um, and I invite you to do that, is uh, follow Michael on Twitter at GelkinNFL. Uh, also, or go straight to reviewjournal.com forward slash Raiders. Uh, but easiest, probably follow you on Instagram or on Twitter, where they can go directly to those links that you're posting on a regular basis. Yeah, that's right. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you later this season. You too, Michael. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, have a great week. You bet. Always a pleasure to talk. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. You too. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. Huge thanks again to Neem Williams for coming in studio. Really appreciate it. Michael Gelkin and also Oliver Barton, Eric Ellington, Michael Burnett, and Marissa Del Santos uh, for their time in in sharing some quotes with us. You guys tune in next week. Sam Farmer, a man who's covered the NFL for 20 years, has two teams in L.A. now. This is the Desiree Show, first downs and flip tricks on Dash Radio, and I'm out.